Hello, my name is Kip Harry, Conference Director at Cambridge Health Tech Institute, and today we have a special podcast for the upcoming Targeting Epigenetic Readers and Chromatin Remodelers meeting, part of the 12th Annual Discovery on Target event, October 8-10 to 10 in Boston. We are very excited to have one of our speakers from the event joining us via phone, Dr. Jialang Wang. He's an Assistant Professor of Neurological Surgery at Vanderbilt University. Jialang, part of your research focuses on epigenetic therapeutic approaches, and particularly for glioblastoma tumors, and you're targeting betbrobinomines here. So can you speak to us a little bit about the underlying biological or genetic rationale for targeting these proteins? There are primarily two reasons that we are interested in targeting bad bromodomain proteins in glioblastoma. So first, I start with a project that I did several years ago that I identified the role of CMYK in glioblastoma stem cells. And particularly, we showed that CMYK is very important for proliferation and survival of glioblastoma stem cells, but less important for non-stem glioblastoma cells. And there was also a genetic mouse model uh, demonstrated essentially the same conclusion that CMYK was a key molecule to sustain the cancer stem cell population in glioblastoma. And so the cancer stem cells in glioblastoma was my field initially. And so when there was a drug coming out that demonstrated potential to target CMYK, which was traditionally a undruggable target, so we were very excited. We wanted to determine whether glioblastoma will be responsive to this drug because the, apparently when you inhibit CMYK, the cancer stem cells will be depleted. So that's how we started to work on bad bromodomain proteins in glioblastoma. However, when we go on the project to use glioblastoma tumors with very heterogeneous genetic background to study this family of proteins, we found CMYK probably was not the only target of bad bromodomain inhibitors in glioblastoma. And there apparently are other targets like anti-apoptotic proteins and other cell cycle regulators. And although we must say CMYK is not only key target of bad bromodomain inhibitors in glioblastoma, but it's still a very important target. It's just not the only target. And uh, another reason that makes me really interested in bad bromodomain protein is that it targets mechanisms very different from the traditional or uh, classic target therapies. The classic target therapies are usually targeting those kinases, right? Uh, many of them amplified, mutated in glioblastoma, such as EGFR, but over the past decade, there are many kinase inhibitors have been tested in clinics to treat glioblastoma, but in general, the outcomes are very disappointing, and there's very low response and very modest improve of survival. So that makes those accumulative clinical results suggest that we really should think about something else out of the box. And since bromodomain proteins are epigenetic regulators, so we, we can directly target transcription at a totally different molecular levels. So what I was thinking, you know, we probably should see something different. So these two reasons really make us to work on better bromodomain proteins and using pharmacological approaches and genetic approaches to identify the functions of this protein in glioblastoma. And particularly, we use a panel of tumor that are derived from patients. So they maintain the original molecular heterogeneity and the cellular heterogeneity. And that is why we think our result will be clinically relevant. 
let's get into a little bit more about another part of your work, which actually aims to develop some novel therapeutics. You've already started to discuss that a little bit. So what initial approaches have you taken to actually validate these BET-BROMA domains? You mentioned some patient-derived cells as druggable targets, and have you seen any early signs of efficacy in vivo? Yes. So apparently we started using the two compounds, which is uh, JK1 in our case, to determine the response to the drug and at different concentrations uh, in glioblastoma cell cultures. And so, so initial result, we would decrease cell uh, viability in cells treated in, uh, with bad bromodomain inhibitors, JK1. And then next, we want to confirm that bad proteins are indeed expressed in glioblastoma. And then we knock down individual bad genes, such as BRD2, BRD3, and BRD4. So we need to demonstrate that when we uh, knock down bad genes using like a short hairpin RNA, and that would phenocopy the consequences of the effects of the bad bromodomain inhibitors. So we have to use the most specific genetic approaches to validate the consequences of pharmacological approaches. And in addition, we found that JK1, this uh, tool compound, was very effective against some sensitive glioblastoma lines in the same concentration range that it required to bind beta-bromodomain proteins around 100 nanomoles. So we're very confident that the biological response of JK1, we observed, such as growth arrest and activation of apoptosis, was selectively mediated by inhibiting beta-bromodomain proteins. As to in vivo response, we use a osteotopic glioblastoma tumor model to test uh, JK1. So in that model, you plant, implant tumor cells into the brain of immunocompromised mice. And once you let the tumor to establish, and then you start to give the animals JK1, and then you would need to determine the survival of animals in different groups. We administrated with either the vehicle or JK1. And we found that tumor-bearing animal treated with uh, JK1 survived significantly longer. And that apparently was the most important standard test for drug efficacy at the preclinical uh, level. So I want to get into something that's sort of interesting to talk about when you talk about epigenetic therapies. And it's an important consideration when you're thinking about drugging bet proteins is unintended consequences of inhibition, since these are known co-repressors and co-activators. So do you have concerns when you're drugging bet proteins that you're eliciting unwanted responses? And then this leads into another question. I like your take on some of these bet bromodomain inhibitors that are being clinically tested. Do you have potential toxicity concerns? Yes, certainly. That's a concern for all researchers and companies. Uh, it's definitely an important issue, especially for epigenetic drugs. We all know that they probably will do more than you wanted. So epigenetic drugs, they could affect transcription of a wide range of genes. And some of those changes may be completely irrelevant to the disease or the conditions you are interested in and would also have the potential consequences that will be unwanted. And in particular, we know BRD4 is part of the RNA polymers 2 complex, and this protein regulates transcription elongation. So you would expect that replacing BRD4 of chromatin would induce non-selective repression of gene transcription. So that has been a concern for the field. You know, it's interesting that either our own experience or from some uh, published work, they all suggest that bad bromodomain inhibitors only affect transcription of hundreds to a couple of thousand genes. That was much less than initially expected. So the reason of that selective 
inhibition of gene transcription was not very clear. And Luke Young and his group in Broad Institute have reported a model last year. They called a super enhancer. Super enhancers are very large clusters of enhancer elements on chromatin, and they are enriched for BRD4. And these elements are selectively regulate active transcription of development or disease-specific genes and in a context-dependent manner. So the super-enhancer model suggests that only genes regulated by super-enhancer are sensitive to BET, bromodomain inhibitors, and genes that are dependent on regular enhancers or promoters probably won't be that sensitive. So this is probably a best model so far to explain why the actions of beta-bromo domain inhibitors would be selective. And this selectivity apparently is uh, very beneficial to development of this class of drug because you probably will limit the consequences, the main consequences within the range of disease relevant genes and have relatively limited impact on normal biology. And based on our own experience, mostly from the animal studies, there was very limited weight loss during the course of JK1 administration. And that has been also reported by several groups. So that we believe, at least based on the animal data, the unintended consequences of bad bromo domain inhibitors will be relatively limited in clinical trials. So I think we should start to wrap up here. But before we do, we always like to end our podcast with an outlook. And really, this is just your opinion. And my question is, what is your outlook for potential hurdles, critical challenges that drug developers you think will face who are starting to target bet domains? So what are these big challenges, do you think? So before we talk about challenges, first of all, I want to emphasize that this is a very promising field. And I think it's definitely very exciting in terms of either in terms of cancer or even other diseases. And bad bromo domain inhibitors have shown relatively limited side effects in animal models. And they can target some traditionally undruggable targets such as CMIC and potentially other transcription factors. So most of transcription factors, we don't have any direct compounds that can target them. And so although bromo domain inhibitors only indirectly target those transcription factors, but that's our best choice so far. And also, bad bromo domain inhibitors have very different mechanisms compared with classic kinase inhibitors because they have very different mechanisms. So if you have read some of the most recent publications, there are reports that tumor-resistant to conventional therapy are still sensitive to bad bromodomain inhibitors. And also combine the bromodomain inhibitors with classic target therapy, such as kinase inhibitors, probably will produce stronger effects against cancer. And so I think this emerging class of drug candidates are definitely very interesting. So talk about the challenges and the hurdles. I think the most important thing is that we still don't understand these proteins at magnetic levels. We know BRD4 relatively better than BRD3 and BRD2, and we know it's involved in transcription, but we know very little how this proteins selectively regulate disease-relevant genes. We just have kind of a model, but with different type of cancers, we don't have any evidence suggest bromodomain proteins closely relevant regulate disease-specific genes, but not the genes that we involved in normal stem cells, say, for example. 
So I think the action of these drugs also heavily influenced by the genetic background of tumors. Particularly, for example, like glioblastoma. We have seen very heterogeneous response in glioblastoma to bad bromodomain inhibitors. Some tumors are completely irresponsive, and some tumors are relatively more sensitive. We still don't have a great understanding how that happens. So there is, so far, there is no biomarkers that can predict the tumor response to bad bromodomain inhibitors, other than some tumors like the myeloid cussed sarcoma has the fusion protein, which is apparently will make those tumors sensitive to bromodomain inhibitors. And those two are the most important challenges to better understand the mechanisms of bad bromodomain inhibitors and to identify biomarkers that will predict tumor response. Fantastic. And with that, I think we'll wrap up. Jialang, it's a pleasure speaking with you, and thanks so much for your time. And we certainly look forward to your upcoming talk at the Epigenetic Readers Meeting this fall. And for those listening, visit discoveryontarget.com for more information about the Epigenetic Readers Meeting and the other epigenetic program that we have there. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference. Goodbye.